0: Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast you really don't want to miss. I'm Suzanne Harris, and you, dear listeners, are about to get a sneak peek at what goes on behind the scenes with authors. You'll find out where they get their secret recipe for creating a book. You'll find out where their ideas come from, and you will get the inside scoop on their next project. Want to know more? Well, we'll tell you where to find them on social media. Are you ready? I cannot wait to introduce you to the author I'm going to talk with today. His name is Mike Hemingway, no relation to Ernest Hemingway. Let's get that out of the way up front. He's here to talk about his book, The Legend of Vy Book One in the Children of the Night trilogy. Mike is an amazing person. Uh, My introduction cannot do him justice. He is a true creative spirit. He's an insight and strategy communications consultant. You will recognize his clients when I mention these major names. He was involved and created the Dove Real Beauty campaign. He created films in support of women's empowerment, women's self-esteem, and women's self-confidence. Among his other famous clients are Eminem Mars, as well as Pantene. His first book is an online book that you can find and get as a free download. It's titled The Mallard and the Dove. This book has been used for children's plays, and it's even been put to music. There's a song titled The Mallard Song by Big Kenny or Big Rich, and you can also find that online. Mike, it's a pleasure to welcome such a true creative to Books on Air. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for inviting me. Glad to be here.
0: You're just amazing. I, when we started talking, you and I have talked quite extensively prior to turning on the mic and beginning to record this interview. When did you really start to write?
1: Um, I suppose I started to write basically short poems or verse. Because I find words fascinating. At about the age of six or seven, I would rather just be curious about words just write down what i thought didn't share them but i built up quite a good um quite a big uh, catalog if you like of what i would call poems but really they're more like verses to call them poems is kind of too 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 complimentary but around the age of 6 is when i first realized that i found it exciting and relaxing to write
0: have you written all your life since you were 6
1: yes um amongst many other things but i would quite often just sit down and write down something that interests me Jenny is about words i find words absolutely fascinating so it's the link of words and subjects but basically writing down sentences which i find interesting and to come back to them and build on them and eventually end up with something that looks vaguely finished i would then add the title and that would give the kind of purpose or the the um theme to whatever i wrote but i've been writing I knows how many years, but I've been writing like kind of non-stop. And this writing has taken me into mainly work. I work in the communications and advertising business where I've been basically all my uh, all my working life. Uh, writing books is more recent. It's where I've found um, something I cared about. I wanted to write what I cared about in a non-pompous, hopefully more engaging way. And that led to the trilogy called The Children of the Night, because was a kind of purpose behind those books. And I thought I'd get it out of my system, if you like, to to write them down. And the way I write best is in verse, and they're all in verse.
0: You just sound like you have the soul of a poet when I hear you say those kinds of things. Let's talk about the legend of Vaisalemore. I confess, when I first started to read, Amazon has a little... Um, description of the book and when I first started to read the description my first thought was wait a minute is this true history because it it sounds like it's true history but it's not it's fiction right
1: it is yes is the answer but it's there is a there is some fact in there which created the fiction created the the, the, the storyline if you like but uh, it is fiction; it's all made up. Although the places are not.
0: Tell me the story behind the story of the legend of Vice Um My,
1: I come from uh, my, my surname is Allman Hemingway, not just Hemingway. Allman Hemingway, and the Almond side of our family is we can trace it back to about fourteen thirteen hundred. And there are lots of like, famous people in those, uh, in those years. One in particular was a chap called C- C- Cavalier Baird, or the, the, uh, the Knight Without Reproach. He was a very, very famous cavalier. He was a, a, a soldier, almost the, the definition of chivalry. Henry VIII tried to hire him, but he, was, he died in Italy. And when I was reading about him, I read about Middle Eastern or East, Eastern European history. And then when I, I happened upon a lady called Elizabeth of Pomerania, Pomerania is an area of Northern Poland. And I read about her and she, at the age of 16, married uh, the, um, uh, Charles III, who was the Holy Roman Emperor, and he was 46. And uh, I thought, oh my goodness, poor girl, she must have had a dreadful time. But and she was very, very nervous about what's going on here. But she understood it was a kind of marriage of convenience between these two states but he turned out to be a wonderful guy, a totally brilliant husband. Uh, gave her amazing kids. They became Holy Roman Emperors. They married Richard III. She, and she, 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 she died on some, some, on some Valentine's Day with this picture on her chest. There's a statue to her in uh, Prague. But what inspired me was this strong woman. And um, she, she was so strong, actually. They do say that she could straighten a horseshoe Bless her. Um, <laughs> I wish I could, but uh, not even the plastic one. But, But I was really fascinated about this other story. So it led me to, I wonder, but I had this other idea about knights of old, knights errant, you know, wandering around the countryside, battling and all the kind of jousts and stuff like that. And I sort of wondered if the two could get together. So I started to write the tale of the teen queen, but realized I need something that happened before that. And before that became that story became The Legend of Isanamore. So The Legend of Ayselamor is about setting up three characters who are a family, a father, a daughter, and uh, a son. And they're basically knights-errant. Errant means they wander around fighting. They're like mercenaries. And um, building up their stories so when I got to Elisabetta of Pomerania, it would have more of a context and give more emotion to her particular story. When an additional thought... Um, coming back to the characters in The Legend of My animal the, the knight is called Elgrid. El, uh, Elgred the knight, I don't know why he just is. And his daughter, his, 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 his son, the, 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 the son of him is called Cor Evan. And his, the fighting daughter is called Silivra. And just to let you know, my fourth son is called Evan. But he, when he was young, he people used to say to him, what's your name? He said, "Cor Evan. I'm called Evan. So I changed... So I created the name Cor-Evan for one of the uh, characters in the uh, story. And lastly, the the, the the girl knight is called Suliva, which is Sullivan shortened. And Sullivan said, ah, why are you using my name for a girl? And I said, what makes you think that girls can't be warriors? Why can't girls be strong? This Be proud of her. Be proud of a woman of this strength. Has your name. Doesn't that make you feel good? He went, kind of. But... um. <laughs> 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 That's as much as you get out of that for a nine year old. But, um, but the story is about these knights, and something happens to them when they go into a village. Something bad was going on. It's a classic story of good and evil. Nothing surprising about the story, but how it resolves itself and how they overcome evil is the story itself. And the story is about emotions, about unity, about coming together, about people finding each other. And then Life takes over, and it doesn't. Life doesn't always end the way you want it to. So there are there are there is some sadness in this story, but in the end, it takes you through a hopefully an inspirational journey, uh, which is the legend of Us Animal.
0: Is there a part of this that you would like to share with the listeners?
1: Um, there's a lot of it I'd like to share, but um. There are a couple of things. <clears throat> I think telling the story. I can tell you the story briefly, but for me, the story of the emotion and how the emotion is triggered is um, is more important. Um, perhaps I could find a couple of verses for you, um, which will perhaps um, uh, um, let let people know into the style of of what's going on.
0: I'd like Basically, for them to. I'd like for them to be able to hear the words because I know that the words for you are so important and that that is a huge part of your creative inspiration, that words lead to ideas, lead to other words, because you and I have talked enough about, really, your process which I find very, very interesting. Have I stalled long enough for you to find the, the spot you'd like
1: to... <laughs> You're kind. <laughs> me a break. But, um, yeah, I think, well, again, the answer is yes, and thank you for the, uh, thank you for the opportunity. But we've got these three characters, Elgrid the Knight, Cor Evan, and Suleva, and they go into, they, they're travelling to a particular place and they want to rest for the night. They go into an inn, a tavern, which is run by a big barman called Bar Simon, and they're having a rest, and suddenly all hell breaks loose. A horse comes flying through the front door, a man dressed in black with a black skull-like mask on, gallops straight up the stairs, shouting, where is she, where is she? He then rides straight uh, through a door into a room, grabs the maiden Jane, and goes out through the window and vanishes towards the horizon to a place called Vaisalimor. So this kind of kidnap happens right in front of their eyes. And, um, the, the barman says, can you help me get Jane back? They say, no, sorry, we only, we only do this for money. We were knights nice errant but, um, he said, but please, please help. And after a while they say, okay, we'll help you, but only just this once. And as they're about to leave, the barman says, kind of, where are you going? And that was the devil. And in order to beat him, you need different powers. And you'll only find these powers in a place called the red tower. And by the way, guys, the red tower actually exists. So, so they go into the red tower, and when they enter the red tower, they hear a voice. And they don't—I never let anybody know if it's male or female. They just hear a voice, and um, the voice says, "You know, come upstairs, come upstairs. Mm-hmm. so come upstairs, and sit down." And um, they um, they come into a room into a room in this empty room. Well, not empty room. In this room, there's just a table and three stools. And one of the verses goes um soon they reached a small round room with table and three stools and on the table were three rings and on the rings three jewels so what they've done is the, the, the voice leads them to a room where they are where there are three rings and three jewels and they're asked to put on the rings and the voice goes on these rings they mean unending love, each ring it has three stones, these, string, these these stones are you, each precious you, one love, three hearts, one home, and their voice goes on now, Elgred, please embrace your king and hold your children close and open up your heart to them and say what means the most, and ask them what and ask them of their hopes and dreams and, and ask what makes them cry, and say how much you love them and how that love won't die. And listen to the little things, hear what they want to say, and take the the times how to find the power you seek today. Elgrid the knight looked in the eyes of his daughter and his son and saw the tears that through the years he that, that, that never dared to run. And this is the key voice. The voice had found his deepest truth. He knew the voice was right. To be a father was much harder than to be Elgrid the knight. So the point about it is that whilst he was a great knight, he was not necessarily a great father. And um, the power he was seeking in the uh, in the tower was the the, the power of paternal love for his two wonderful children. So that's how it starts. Um, and from that moment when they leave the tower, they go on elsewhere. But essentially what happens is that these war-weary knights in a strange place with a strange voice suddenly find themselves. And they leave... The tile with three rings, uh, each with their own ring, and head off towards their next challenge, which is trying to save the maiden Jane, who is held captive on a place called, at a place called The Legend of Ice Animal.
0: I love it. I love the way it sounds as you read it. Do you, when you're thinking about someone reading the book... I think you think about two things. I think you think about a person who might read the book aloud, either to another person or maybe to themselves, and then you think about the person who would read the work silently. Do you think the message would be different if you read it aloud than if you read it silently? Do you think you hear the words differently?
1: Excuse me. Yes, I do, because I think... In my in my mind, and my, you know, it might be crazy, which is probably right, but um, I feel that when you read to something, to to somebody, sorry, um, there will be a reaction by that person. Whereas you're expecting yourself to react, you're just reading to yourself. You're in the theatre of the mind. I think books are a form of learning, a form of knowledge, of, of a way to expand to expand the mind. I think when you say that, I think the insight of that line to be a father. Is much harder than to be El Grid the Knight. It's like saying, "I know I'm a great person at work, but am I any good as a father?" And um, so that's maybe it's on myself. Um, hopefully not. But um, that was the purpose of it all, because the whole story s- swings and changes from that moment. And what it does do, it turn, I feel that it turns the character. It starts to add emotional dimension to the characters, and you and you start to care about them. And that's what makes part two of the story, wants to leave the tower because Jane, bless her, has been held by these evil monsters, a thing called the lightning tree. A lightning tree is a tree that's been struck by lightning. It's completely black. And on this uh, a sandy bar of sand, there's this lightning tree which exists. And she's tied to it, surrounded by these evil monsters. And, and the only so once you get into that battle which takes place uh, between the knights, his, his kids against these evil monsters to try and save Jane, you suddenly care about them and you care about what happens. And I think, uh, the, uh, the, adding the emotional importance of their relationship or the, 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 rediscovery of that relationship is, um, is important. The other thing is, which a lot of people talk, well, some people have told me is the voice of the mother. And that was never my intention. Um, it might be, it might not. It's up to the reader to understand. They say, is the voice male or female? Don't know. Um, but what I do know, the voice says, if you ever need me, I'll be there. And uh, later on that comes true. But uh, that's really, I suppose, trying to answer, hopefully, vaguely clearly the point about whether there should be a listener or is it just a book to be read to oneself?
0: I just love the, the rhyme. I think being able to read the rhyme aloud just um, is so valuable. I, I love that. And maybe it's because I I like the idea of, of the poetry and I like the idea that you've written it in close rhyme simply because it it changes the dynamic slightly. It gives it more of a, and, and forgive me for this, but this is how it sort of sounds in my head, uh, air quotes again, it gives it a ring of formality. It makes me feel like this could perhaps be a manuscript that was discovered and some <laughs> monk okay. sitting in a cell wrote this poem. And, I mean, it it just it makes all kinds of images come into my head to hear the rhyme aloud. That's kind. Um, I think
1: the rhyme is... It has to be you know, observed and absorbed, but um I think i mean i 'll just read a, just a final bit, not a final but another piece here um, these rings play an important part because um when the rings come together when they touch the three rings come together it uh, creates a different thing so here's um, when the battle's about to start um this is some of the uh, story goes on to say suddenly there came a breeze small waves broke on the sand and rising from the inland sea they both could see a hand and on that hand there was a ring and on that ring three stones a symbol of a family one love three hearts one home and when the sunlight touched touched his touched his this hand the ring the voice had given sent out a light it was so bright it seemed to shine on heaven and um the ending is I'm not going to tell you what the ending is, but um there's a kind of a scalar nature to it, uh, from Arthur. But um the the purpose of making people think about the importance of family, uh, I feel is important. Um whatever whether even if they're distant, I feel that the links that families give is, is important. Um I think we all have had tough times, but I think there's always a place we can end up, which is a place called that nest we love, which is called family. And um, and whilst life is not always wonderful um, and does deal us some strange blows, I feel that particularly if you can look back on something that was wonderful, I think that gives you a kind of calmness. Uh, looking forward is not always a calm thing to do, but looking back can produce a feeling of comfort. And I feel that's where inspiration lies because... I think if you look back, you think like oh, God's in his heaven, peace in the valley. There is some calmness down there. The, the birds are singing, the light, the sun is shining, the daffodils are out. You know, as, as I said to you earlier, I feel never hold up a mirror to someone. They Don't want, don't tell them what it's life is like. Hold up a window, say, this is what it could be like. Let's, let's look through a window at something the way life could be. And uh, all my books have hopefully, I feel that's where inspiration lies. It, it energizes an individual to think, damn it, you know it 's worth having a go, I think I can be happier because I do believe that the bedrock of life is sadness. I think everything lies in a bed of sadness, and I think all great cultures build up a way to emerge from this sadness and feel hope and inspiration and without without hope and inspiration, without leaders, without people who take us to interesting places, we end up back in a form of cloud which I feel is a kind of melancholy kind of sadness. I know that's a kind of miserable thing to say, but um, kind of what I've, I mean, I've spent years going around listening to stories of women and the kind of stuff they've had to put up with. And I, it's, you know, I really believe in equal opportunity for women. I, I'm an activist. I do what I can. And sometimes I get so upset about what's going on. I have to write my way out of it. And uh, these books are that.
0: I love the fact that it, it's hope. It you're projecting hope. You're saying, you Correct. know, the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel is not a train. It really is hope. And we will come out on the other side of this. We'll all be different. We'll all be changed. But there's hope. I know that our listeners must be captivated by the ideas and the things that we've talked about from the book, so let's tell them where they can find the book. It's on Amazon, and I always go to Amazon to check and make sure that uh, everything works. So if you want to find The Legend of Vysalamore, and let me spell that for you. If you go to Amazon, in the search feature at the top, if you type The Legend of Y S-A-L-L-I-M-O-R-E into the search feature by Mike Hemingway, H-E-M-I-N-G-W-A-Y. Click it. The book comes right up. And there's a little brief description right there, and you can buy it on that page. I sh- I'm sure that they're so interested and intrigued. I mean, I am, because the history that you have woven into this that's real, and at the same time, you have done rhyme, and you've got a great story. I think that this is just so interesting, Mike. This is, I can't wait to Thank see you. the other two books, The Tale of the Teen Queen and The Ghost of Castle Nest. Let's yeah. also tell them a little bit about The Mallard and the Dove, in case any of our listeners want to download your book, The Mallard and the Dove, because it's online and it's free. Is that right?
1: That's correct, yes, The Mallard and the Dove. It's a it's 100 pages, beautifully illustrated. It's beautifully illustrated. Stunningly yes, it is. Um, the Mallard and the Dove, um, it's a story of love and loss. Life, love, and loss—all the Ls. When in doubt, alliterate. If you can't alliterate, make it rhyme. Um, <laughs> but the the um, the Mallard of the Dove is a story of love but incompatibility, because um, the Dove goes in the tree, the Duck, the Mallard goes on the lake. The Duck can't go in the lake. The Dove can't go. Uh, con- the Dove can't. Duck can't go in the tree. The Dove can't go on the lake. Whilst they join together in the sky, in the end they're going to have to part. Uh, and they do, but it's how they part, and how they remember each other, and the kindness that they remember, and how they remember what they did. They even have their own slogan: "To love, my love, to life." And um, the last page of the mallard and the dove is is almost my view of life, which is as the 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 the, the, the mallard is looking at the the sky at this at this cloud, wondering if it's a dove. And she's far away. And uh, he just says, I wish you hope. I wish you peace. Praise those you love, love those you meet. A heart that gives is a heart complete. To love my love, to life, to love all love, to life. And um, that's the Melody love."
0: Can they, if they put the Mallard and the Dove in a search feature, the Mallard and the Dove by Mike Hemingway and just click on that, will it come up do, or do they need the, yeah. a site?
1: No, 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 it, it just comes up. It's on a particular issue. Uh, uh, the, 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 the illustrator, Will Knight, put it up there. Just put it in the Mallard and the Dove. It'll come up. The page is turned. You know, it's one of the weird um, uh, devices that happens. You can physically turn the page. Uh, it turns it by itself. But it's very, very clear. It's beautifully illustrated. But um, again, that's been used. It's written in close rhyme again for schools. Yes, uh, <laughs> Big Kenny of Big and Rich did the mallards. So there, there are three songs in there. They're not necessarily songs, literally to be to music. There, they're kind of the songs in it are their are their think pieces, if you like. Um, the, each of the characters has a, has a particular song. But again, it's about life. Um, and I think it's particularly—it's a parable and metaphor, if you like—but I think anybody who reads it will see themselves in it. Um, It's—it's—it's hardly—it's—it's it's, it's hardly masked what's going on. But I think what it is is a story that, um, if you want to talk about life to a young child, particularly a young girl, uh, which is written for to be written to be read by a mother to her daughter, it's about how to deal with life and you know, how to be hopeful, coming back to your correct uh, use of that word. It is about hope. Um, It's also about how you behave. You know, um, it's interesting being in America, it talks about respect and all that kind of stuff. In England, we talk about politeness. Um, And I think it's about being polite, being punctual, it's it's just being there and um, not wanting anything back. This kind of unconditional friendship and unconditional love and uh, that's the manner of the Dove. Also, it rhymes, love rhymes with dub, which also makes stuff easier, of course.
0: You are so mm-hmm. interesting, Mike. I have enjoyed talking with you so very much. I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Books on Air, but I have one more thing that I want from you. I always like to give an author the last word about their book. We've been talking about The Legend of I Salomon. Yes. Now, as a reader, I buy a copy, I either get a, a paperback and I have a book in my hand or I've downloaded it on a device and I have the device in my hand. I read the last page, I finish the book, close the cover, either electronically or physically, and leave the book. What do you, the author... Want me as the reader to leave with?
1: That's a very good question. <clears throat> the and thank you, truthfully thank you for it. For, of this particular book, um it is about hope. In fact, the final visual in the in the book. Well, let me read you the last four, the last three stanzas, and then I'll answer your question more directly, which is about the legend of animal It's got, the last three pages, last three verses of this. And every year from then till now, or so the legend says, strange events have been seen upon those shadowed days. They say you see a shining knight who brightens up the skies, a father's smile across his face, yet tears are in his eyes. And if you go down to that shore at dawn's most early hour, you'll see the mark of glory past. The lightning tree has flowered. So where the, the story is about hope. But even things that you think are finished, there is life in them yet. There is always something there to be thankful for, something beautiful and something to cherish. And a memory which is, if I want you to remember something, it's, it's drawn in this book. A lightning tree with a big black, blackened tree with beautiful white flowers all over it. It shows that there is hope even in a poor old tree that's been struck by a lightning. So that's what I'd like to leave the uh, reader with.
0: Mike, you are such a wonderful, creative spirit. I can't tell you. What an absolute delight and pleasure it's been for me to talk with you today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being pleasure. my guest today.
1: Been a delight. Thank you so much.
0: Now remember, you can find The Legend of Vi Salamore on Amazon by Mike Hemingway. You can also download The Mallard and the Dove free. We'd like to thank you for being with us today on Books on Air. Books on Air is brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on iTunes as well as iHeartRadio. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope you'll join our next Books on Air podcast because remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so very much for listening.